And we're back. My name is Mar. And I'm Sadie. And this is the podcast where we read the book so you don't have to. And we just hope you're having a lovely day whenever you're listening to this. Mm. If it's in the morning, the afternoon, you're driving to work, you're <laughs> going on a walk. Come on. You're doing your laundry. Let's Come be real. On. That's when I listen to a lot of my podcasts. But we just hope that you're having a great, wonderful day when you're listening to this. And this week we are reading a book called Daisy Jones and the Six, mm. and it is so good, but it's especially good because it was recommended to us by one of our faithful listeners. Come on. Probably our most excited listener. Mm. Um, shout out Soul in Arizona. Come we on. love you, bestie. You are just the best. And honestly, you deserve to be on this podcast Amen. at one point. I hope that we can do something where you get to... <gasps> That'd be so cool. <laughs> you can call in. But so shout out Soul for this recommendation for the book this week. Yes. And we also, speaking of listeners, we have a little bit of mm, mail. We've yes. got mail from We've a listener. We've got mail. One of you sent in a question, and it's actually voicemail, voice memo style, which is really cool. And so we are just going to listen to this real quick. This is sent in from a girl named Emily Olson. Happens to be a really good friend of mine, all the way from Jacksonville, Florida. Come Love on. It. We're, co- we're so- by coastal. Literally, come on, by coastal. That's as far as you get That's from as here. As far as you get. Look at us. So here we go. Here is the question. All right. So this is my question for the girlies. So if you had a movie about your life, who would you cast to star as you? That's all. <laughs> <laughs> That's all. <laughs> Cute. Aww, yeah. Well, love you, Emily. Um. Ooh. Who would you have, Mar? Okay, so I was thinking about this, but I don't want to get dragged for it. Because people used to say I looked like her, but now I'm not, I don't really think we do. But I think our energy is the same. Okay. So if I was in a movie, I would want Liza Koshy to play (gasps) me. Wait, I could actually see that. Really? Yes. Okay, because I feel like we've got similar vibes. She is a little bit, I would say, more um, scattered than you are. (laughs) Maybe a little. Yeah, maybe. Maybe a little scattered. But she's like, I could see that. Mm -hmm. But put the two of us together. It'd be really scattered, probably. Wow. I used to get that all the time. They'd be like, oh my gosh, you remember me of Liza Koshy. And I was like, I am Liza Koshy. That's so funny. Yeah, that's who I I think that's The only way, the first way I got introduced to her was her breakup video with um, David Dobrik. Listen to me. I was was longtime fans of these two. Oh, were you really? Not even playing. I li- I watched every single video from both of them. The, I still watch them. I never watched YouTube for those reasons, but it popped up and it was like so, it had so many views. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is is this? And so when I watched it, I actually was so sad. I didn't know their relationship know. at all. But the way that they spoke about each other it was, was so sweet. It was so loving. Yeah, that you can clear, you can tell they have like clear respect for each other mm-hmm. and everything. But that's how I am. Yeah. Got to know her. No, I love them. Wow. Okay. So she would start a movie of your life. <sighs> I think so. I think wow. she'd do a good job at it. I think she would, too. Because she dances, she mm-hmm. sings, she acts, all the things that I love to do and have done, so. I just thought about her being a mother, though. I don't know how I she portrayed that. I think she's a good actress, so I feel like she could. Yeah. But, you know, I don't plan on dying yet, okay. so maybe by the okay. time she does it, she'll have kids. Okay. But who would you? Who would you pick? Okay, well, mine's not as... Here's the thing. I immediately was like, I would kill for margot robbie to play me in a movie why do i have no idea who margot robbie is? what i gotta look you up. don't know who margot robbie is no what do they play oh in? my gosh she is such a famous actress she's in so many things she's in bombshell she's in like the movie with um what's the new it's like the oh, barbie movie coming wow. out Wait, she's she's the she's um <laughs> the she's, Joker's the yes. Joker's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Well, I just think she, as an individual, like wow. off screen, is so interesting. I think she would play. I would you love guys that. Look similar. You know what? No. See, that's why I didn't want to say that because I didn't want to get dragged for being like you think you look like Marvel. I no, don't think I you, do. You guys, I'm looking at pictures right now. Guys, go ahead and look up Marvel okay. Robbie right now. She does. She, she does look Margaret. Margot. Oh, Margot. <laughs> Did you see the OT? I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What That's is that? That's so cute, Margo. What does the it's OT French. mean? No, you saw ah! OT in her name. <laughs> so there is a T in there. Yeah, but you said Margot. Yeah, Margot. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. She's 
French? I can't. Oui, oui. Oh. <laughs> Bonjour. Oh, bonjour. I think she would be. I would. I mean, that would make me die if she ever got cast in that role. Oh my role. gosh, she looks so much like you right now. But honestly, I don't know if personality-wise we are a match. I think she's elite. But mm. anyway, that's why I pick. Wait, I love that. Thank you so much, Emily, for sending in that question. We if love that. If you guys that. want to do the same. Where do they do that, Sadie? Yes, you can go to our Instagram and then send a little voice memo of your question and you might show up on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So think of a good question, okay? Good ones. Juicy ones. Juicy- oh, we would love a juicy Not too juicy, okay? No, make it juicy. Oh, okay. We want gossip. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. Um, but send us a question and you might end up on the podcast. Mm. So like we said this week, we are talking about Daisy Jones and the Six. And the mm. author of this book is Taylor Jenkins Reid. And we've already read and recorded one of hers, Malibu Rising. So good. Was by her. Mm -hmm. And then you and I also read Evelyn Hugo. Mm -hmm. Or the Seven seven, Husbands. (laughs) The Seven seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Guys, we're recording at night. (laughs) You broke the fourth wall. I was going to see if we could get through this one and be like, they'll never know. No. I think they've already found out. Yeah, probably. (laughs) No, so you and I read it in a book club before we even started the podcast. Yes. And that is a great book. I that's kind of one of my recommendations for people that are starting to get back into reading. Mm. Um, I always will throw that in there as one of them. It's a quick read. Mm -hmm. It's a quick read. And so this one though, Daisy Jones and the Six, is I I would argue my favorite of her books so far. Oh, okay. I love it. I loved it too. It's so good. Even just the style of it. So she um, sets, sorry, Taylor Jenkins Reads sets up the book in kind of an interview format. And Mm. so there'll be these little blurbs kind of at the start of a chapter and it will kind of set the stage for what's going on in their life or what's going on in the world. And then the whole chapter is written and the pers- from the perspective of each character. So it literally reads like reality TV, mm-hmm. like ITMs. Or like how you would read an interview from a magazine. It's so good. So good. But what I, I love too, something I liked about this a lot, was how one character will be saying their perspective and the next character will be like, no, that did not happen. Yeah. I love that. I felt like I was literally reading like a drama. I'm like, ooh, what? I know, but then I'm like, well, which one's true though? Yes. <laughs> yes. And so it's kind of fun because, yeah, she does a little bit of like un reliable narration because you kind of get to choose almost as you're reading the book whose side you kind of agree with more I guess yeah um and so it's really interesting I I like the style that she wrote and which one do you like more do you like this one more do you like of her books yeah so I genuinely I loved the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo that was a really good book because I hadn't like been reading for a long time so that is a good recommendation but I do think that this one is my favorite so far because like the Malibu Rising one, like I don't think I gave it the world's highest rating. I was. Yeah, I think I gave it like a three. Yeah. It just like like, it caught my attention, but not enough. But this book, the way that she wrote it and the way how literally every other little paragraph is it's a quote from somebody else. But she made these separate interviews. She put them together so well that you felt like you were just reading a story. And I know that's what she was trying to do, but she did a really good job. And even in the Evelyn Hugo book, I noticed that was also an interview story, but she set it up in a different way. She oh, told yeah. the story like from the perspective of like she was asking questions to this famous person. Mm-hmm. So, but I this book, I, I just I love this book. I feel like it'd be really easy to mess this style up. Mm. It'd be really easy for it to kind of read choppy and you for you not to be able to visualize what's going on. Yeah. But I still feel like the style of it, I could envision the settings. I could mm-hmm. envision where they went. I could see it. And yeah. I think that's something that when you're reading, that's the best feeling when yeah. you get like transported to a different world. And I think she did it. Yeah, good job with this. So mm-hmm. this one's your favorite so far. Definitely my favorite. <gasps> wow. I need to see if she's written any others. I think she has, but. Yeah, there's even a list in like her book, mm. in the book of things that she's done before. But yeah. Okay. A really good author. Yeah. So who was Daisy Jones? Daisy Jones was born in 1951 and grew up in the Hollywood Hills of Los Angeles, California. The daughter of Frank Jones and the well-known British painter Anne Jean Lefebvre, a French model. <laughs> she's French. I don't know how else she's you say model. that. I'm like, Lefebvre. 
uh, French model, Daisy started to make a name for herself in the late 60s as a young teenager on the Sunset Strip. So right off the bat, you learn that her parents, while are, they are alive, they are completely not involved in her family. Mm-hmm. Like there was one phrase in here where, what did she say? Um, she talks about how she had basically moved out with her friend yes. and her parents didn't even know. So she said, I was living, this is Daisy, quoting Daisy. I was living with Simone, her friend, for two weeks before I went home to get more clothes. My dad said, did you break the coffee maker this morning? I said, dad, I don't even live here. Yeah. So wrapped up into their own world. And the crazy thing about Daisy Jones, is like you hear so much about musicians, like trying to get to the top, right? They're born poor. They're trying to make it. Daisy Jones was poor. She was born rich. Mm-hmm. So her family, like they gave her everything. It felt like one of those families where it's just like, yeah, we had a kid. We made sure that they were fed, dressed. They had anything they want. But the one thing that they forgot to give was like love and like actual care. Right. And she was just like a beautiful child. That was mm-hmm. something that was like they knew right away. She was just as gorgeous. Like everyone would look at her and just kind of she was stunning, even yes. from a kid. And so the red hair, mm-hmm. deep blue eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. She and she, so basically she lived really close to the strip in California or in Los Angeles. So it was like, um, especially back in what was it? This this was set in 1965 to 1972. Mm. So during that period, it was like a huge, obviously still is, but it's more of like um, restaurants and shopping yeah. and things now. But back then it was like bars and it was the nightlife scene and it was the music scene and everything. And so she was super close to that. So she could just walk to it. And she started just doing that all the time. Yeah. And she would get let into these clubs mm-hmm. when she's just so underage. Yeah. She was 15 at the t- time, I believe, the first time she ever did this. She snuck out of her house. Yeah. Her parents didn't even notice. Yes. She said, eventually the bouncers on the strip recognized me and let me in wherever I was going. The Whiskey, London Fog, the White House, and those are all names of bars. Mm. She said, no one cared how young I was. That's insane. Yeah. So she just was like a party girl. And she, her parents did not care, didn't know where she was, couldn't tell you a thing. So that's Daisy. That's who Daisy was. The Six started out as a blues rock band called the Dune Brothers in the mid-60s out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Billy and Graham Dune were raised by a single mother, Marlene Dune, after their father, William Dune Sr., left in 1954. So you learn that about Daisy very quickly. You just get introduced to the band The Six. Yes. These two obviously are not close at all. They're in Pennsylvania. Yeah. They're in your neck of the woods, ma'am. Amen. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, baby. Come on. So they're opposite sides of the country. And The Six kind of starts off obviously with those two brothers. And then it says in 1967, the brothers in their teens... They brought on drummer Warren Rhodes, bassist Pete Loving, and rhythm guitarist Chuck Williams. Mm. So they kind of just start accumulating these different um, instrumentalists and these different musicians to their band. They start playing little gigs. They play weddings. Yes. Yeah. And so they kind of start um, taking off locally. Um, And then it said the summer and the fall of 1967, the Dune Brothers started to book more shows in Pittsburgh and the surrounding towns. Mm -hmm. So the way that they met their Karen, 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 and she's a big member of the six as well. And we'll go on to be important later. So, yeah, the Dune Brothers, they're from the PA area. And what we kind of find out is that the Dune Brothers' names are Billy and Graham, okay? And they they grew up together. Graham was the younger brother and Billy was the older brother. And you kind of see this... just this outline throughout the whole entire book that Graham really looks up to Billy because he's an older brother. They grew up without a father. And so that was kind of, in a way, his father figure. And so this band started with the two of them. Graham, I believe he was a guitarist, right? Mm -hmm, He was very talented, knew all these different types of riffs. And Billy just had this look to him, the same as Daisy. He People looked at him and like, that is a superstar, a rock star. Like, he needs to be in the front of something. And his voice was also killer. It matched mm-hmm. the looks. And mm-hmm. so as they're kind of getting more attraction, um, they're adding more people to the band. They're adding a, a man named Warren who ends up being the uh, the drummist, right? Uh, Warren, yeah, drummer, yep. And they have Chuck. And Chuck, who was Chuck in this? Oh, Chuck was the 
he was the guitarist for a while. He was like mm. another guitarist. Yeah, he did like rhythm, mm-hmm. um, which unfortunately he is not actually, he never really became a part of the official The Six because they were always called the Dunes Brothers for a while until Daisy jo- Jones later on who joins them, like we need a new name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So those are the brothers and they start to play. They start to get more popular in their area and they just start to realize like okay we have a shot to make Mm -hmm. it if we want to we need to get out um west we need to go out west that's where that's where we can get popular that's where we can kind of take off um and so the meanwhile daisy jones is kind of she's like a little bit lost but she knows she wants to be a musician Mm. she knows she wants to write music and so for her her big thing is writing her own songs and she wants to go out and she can sing as well, Mm -hmm. but she really wants to write her own music. And so you have this band, the six and they go out to LA and you have Daisy just kind of the it girl, honestly, like she, her friend Simone was one of the more popular girls on the scene. She was a disco singer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so she kind of took Daisy under her wing initially when she um, left her parents' house and was just kind of bopping around to all these clubs and all mm-hmm. these um, uh, bars. And Simone even says later, you know, the rules flip. Like yeah. she said, Daisy was the it girl. I was trailing. Yeah. Which is so crazy because, yeah, so Simone, she was this big rock star. You're on the strip. Daisy's like, she's not even really known at this point. She's just rich, honestly. That's how she's doing all this. But she gets there to the point, and she's so beautiful to the point where she starts meeting celebrities. Mm-hmm. And so that's how she becomes Simone's friend because she's a big name artist. And Simone talks about throughout this book how she, uh, about how Daisy never really in the beginning talked about wanting to be a singer, but they, uh, but Simone would hear Daisy singing when she was living with her and she would just be like, she would get a little jealous because she's like, I worked so hard for this, but Daisy, to Daisy, it was natural. She had that natural raw talent. And so she made it her mission. Simone's mission was always to not only protect Daisy, but to get her there. Like she mm-hmm. wanted so badly for her to be a singer and to be a writer. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I think maybe she's the one that maybe even planted the idea in Daisy's head that like, oh, maybe I could be good enough for this. Mm Because before that seemed like all she ever wanted to do was party. Right. Yeah, because she was just feeling just so lost. She was just kind of like, I like this. I just, I want to be, I want to do something. I don't know what. And she was always very in her thoughts and her feels. Um, And so when the Dune Brothers moved out to LA, Billy, lead singer, had actually found and met this woman named Camilla Mm. and he got married. Yes. He fell in love. He fell hard in love. Mm -hmm. He fell head over heels. Yes. And so did she. And Camilla was cool because they had like groupies on the road, but the band really liked Camilla because she was like, uh, she took no crap. Yes. She was kind of like the grounding uh, presence in the band. Mm. Like the other bandmates. Yeah. Loved her and thought she was a really good um, presence for Billy and for the whole crew. And so, but what's really interesting is what Billy, basically he got so overwhelmed with stardom mm. and with popularity. And it, like you said, he was so attractive and mm. his voice matched it. It was just everything. And, and so Camilla got pregnant. Yes. And Billy went out on the road. Yes, he got married. First of all, when second she says, "Hey, I like I'm pregnant." It was the day before they were leaving for a tour, and he's like, "Well, we need to get married." They got married at four a.m. on the back porch of this house, something canyon. Yeah, that they like all the band lived together there, and Karen was like putting up uh was it, aluminum foil in the Karen trees. is one of the members of the band. Yeah. Way. Oh, sorry. No, no, you're fine. Yeah, keep it. Yeah, Karen. She was added on from this band called the Winters. Mm-hmm. She was a keyboardist, and so she's living with them as well. She becomes close friends with Camilla. She's decorating the trees, making honestly, it's like a poor man's wedding right there. But it's romantic. So it's, sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she's pregnant, and Billy goes on tour. Yeah. And this actually ends up being a hugely important part of Billy's story because kind of at this time period in the 60s, in the rock and roll era, um, drugs and drinking and all that Mm. was kind of just like accepted with musicians. I don't think it's that way now as much. It's not stigmatized as much like as far as or sorry, the um, 
being sober yes. is like actually very common now for certain musicians. But back then it was like, oh, if you're not doing drugs, if you're not. It was before they even knew drugs were bad for them. Well, I th- I think they knew it was bad for them. I think they just didn't care. I think they were like, it's part of it. Like if you're going to go this hard, if you're going to be up all night, if you're going to tour, you got to oh, yeah. keep up with it. And one of the guys in their interview was like, Saying that it was before, like you would ever even think anything of it. It was just like part of what you mm-hmm. did. Yeah, it was just like, like so they you would never thought it. you wouldn't even think to think that someone was addicted to it. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, it was just part of the scene, right? Like, oh, this is just what you do. Mm-hmm. If you're a musician, you're a rock star. Yeah. You're this popular. And so when they go out on tour, Billy kind of loses it. Loses his dang mind. He loses it, and so. Some of the things that happen are he is unfaithful to Camilla. Time um, and time and time and time ugh. again. Ugh. Well, he's also like he's afraid. He gets told that, you know, he's about to be a father. And this is something that you see in a lot of men, which like you, people, we got to talk about it. Right. But he had this fear of like, I didn't have a dad. How am I mm. supposed to be a dad if I never had a dad? And I think he he gets in his head too much and thinks like, I think he tries to take himself so far from that narrative because to him to be a dad was to be a deadbeat, to be someone that was never around. And like, I think he just got so scared of what that looked like that he just tried to convince himself that maybe it wasn't even happening to him, Mm. that maybe he wasn't even married. Yeah, I think he definitely felt the pressure of being, quote unquote, a perfect husband. Mm. And he. The thing that their dynamic, Billy and Camilla's, was that Camilla was like this grounding force, right? She was kind of the more mature one. She would talk sense into him. And Billy was the one who was like the wild one in their relationship and brought all the passion and the fun. But I think what's interesting, too, is their dynamic is Camilla didn't want to change Billy. Yeah. And Billy didn't want to change Camilla. But when you enter into a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. and a marriage and then you find out you're pregnant, like you do have different responsibilities you do have different behaviors you can't act the same and that's the whole point of being in a marriage is that you're not gonna be available to whoever and so it's just it's really sad because i think like you're saying he kind of buckles under that pressure and that internal struggle and conflict of who his dad was and maybe what he thought he would be as a dad Mm -hmm. and so he goes off the freaking rails Mm -hmm. and all the band mates are kind of worried about it they're like what should we do should we say something you know which also yes you should yes bad friend bad friend but i think since it was such a normal thing to be that doped up they were just noticing that he would take it just a little too farther like the fact that they would be going to bed and he's still up doing it and then they notice that he's being so unfaithful that is what to me is a bad friend yes that's such a bad friend because even to the point where karen and camilla they were such good friends at that point and she said that she hated billy for putting her in that position where she's like do i tell Camilla, or do I stay faithful to my friend that's on the road and just hope that he gets his act together before the time we get back? Right. Which it's obviously pivotal for Billy to finish the tour because he's the lead singer. Yeah. And he, at that point, he was the main attraction for the band. Yeah. So um, basically, he comes back to Camilla and he goes to rehab. Well, Camilla finds out. Okay. How does she find out? So he's having sex. No one told Camilla yet that he's like having sex with all these women. Right. And she flies out. She's like five months pregnant at this time. She had asked to come out and like visit. And they were like, no, 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 don't come out. Mm. And then she surprised him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She surprises him. She comes out. They're like, Karen mentions, she's like, she's just about to show at this point. She's like, I'm tired. I'm pregnant. I'm at home. I'm bored. I'm just, I wanted to come surprise him. And. Warren like saw that she was there and he like starts sprinting. He said that she's either on the he's either on the bus or he's in the hotel and he decides to run to the hotel because he thinks Billy's there. But that's not true. Camilla gets on the tour bus and she literally finds Billy in the middle of basically getting a BJ. Getting a BJ. Horrifying. But her response though was iconic. She said, "Who do you think you are?" Cheating on me? Mm-hmm. She says, I am literally the best woman you could ever get. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, I was like, iconic. Yes. Because I would have been crying. Yes. And no, she, the best. And she was just like, oh, I know who I am. And that's how she is the entire the book. Whole the whole book. She is just this person that, and I, I guess it's a very conflicting character because mm. sometimes I'm like, well, why are you with him then? Yeah. Why are you with him? But then she has these values of, 
believing that he can be better than his mm-hmm. past and believing he can be better than what he had the worst things he thinks about himself and she also has a kind of an element of like i don't need a perfect love i just want yeah. this love like mm. we've chosen each other yeah and that to me is very a very interesting idea as well but she said there's like this little expert if you don't mind me saying that. it where uh what no keep oh me. sorry <laughs> where, um it says camilla this so this is from billy and in the interview, he says, Camilla and I promise to put our marriage first, to put our family first, as we prom- as we promise to trust each other and how best to do that. Do you know what you do with that level of trust? When someone says, I trust you so much, I can tolerate you having secrets. You cherish it. You remind yourself how lucky you are to have been given that trust every day. And so it's like, yeah, so spoiler alert, she chooses to stay and we can get back to like the rehab. But the fact that she she chose like she was willing to choose that like no this man can get his life together because i think she's also afraid of like throwing everything that she worked for away right which i mean yeah that's why i'm so it's such a i guess dichotomy of her character of like on one side she is this woman who the whole book she's and then the way it ends oh my gosh i mean she is a woman who knows Mm. she's not afraid to have tough conversations she is not afraid to address things she knows who she is and her what she wants out of life but the same time it's almost like she is challenging billy to mature Mm. to make different decisions Mm. to be better but then deep down, it feels like she'll never leave him because she's yeah. chosen for herself. She says something like, I have chosen this love. I don't need a perfect love. Mm-hmm. This is a love I've chosen. This in our family. But I think she also realizes because he so he goes to rehab. But what happens is when she sees him, she's like she told him that she he has until no, what November 1st or mm-hmm. something. Oh, December 30th to get sober. That Be- was the day before her baby. Yes, because November. Wait. I think it was November. November thirtieth, yeah. because on December first, yeah, yeah, yeah. that baby was going to be born. But did he do that? He did. Yeah, he went to. He basically partied and went so hard to the paint, went crazy, and then literally that day tried to put himself in rehab and be sober. Oh well, so he gets there because oh yeah, so Teddy Price comes on out and he literally Who's Teddy grabs Price, by the Teddy way? Price is their producer because yes. they were signed by Runnings Records. Mm-hmm. So he's the producer and what happens is Graham actually reaches out and he says like, "Oh, no, their manager Rod reaches out to Teddy Price because Rod notices how much she's doing drugs and he's like, "You have a dead man walking here." Mm-hmm. And Teddy's like, "I'll fix it." Teddy comes, literally grabs him like a child, throws him on the plane. He's like, we're going home. Like, your your wife is in labor. Camilla's in labor. He gets there, and he does not go up. Oh, I forgot, honestly. He does not go up because he's so afraid to, like, face her. Because he was planning to basically go crazy, party hard, do this whole rock star thing, then get sober, like she said, yeah. the second. But because she went to labor... He wasn't sober. Mm-hmm. So he, yeah, he gets to the hospital and he's frozen and he won't go up to see yeah. her. And so t- so Teddy decides to go up and Camilla is sitting there with her mom, with her baby. And Camilla, I, I love this woman, though. I love how I love determined her. to, and, and this is another reason why I think she never leaves. Because um, after he gets his act together, she knows that he would never leave her. Mm. Because she knows that she is the anchor of how he got through this. Like, she's like, you would be a dang Full. Like, just a straight up fool. She would never let him see the end of it. She goes, you tell him he's got two options. He either comes up here and he acts like a father and is a good father to our baby, or he takes his butt to rehab. And he goes to rehab. He chose rehab. So he's in rehab for two months, and he doesn't meet his daughter for the first two months of her life. Yeah, he doesn't meet her until, like, she's, like, what, she's, like, 60 days old is mm-hmm. when she finally meets. Yeah, two months. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. So literally he goes to rehab and that is just anyway, that sets up a whole aspect of who Billy is, mm. where he's at. Um, and when they come out to L.A., they start making with the six, they start recording um, their second album. So they kind of the first album they toured and that's when all this this stuff happened with Billy. And that's where he kind of basically then had to commit himself to sobriety. So yeah. he's now this ultra famous rock star. Yes. With a wife, a little daughter, and he is now on the road of sobriety forever. Mm -hmm. And so that's a huge aspect of um, their story as they go in to record their second album. 
And so this is when they meet Daisy. Mm. This is how the two connect. Because Daisy's also in LA and she's doing her thing, writing songs, recording a little bit here and there, trying to kind of make it. But basically, she's not getting to sing her songs. She's kind of getting screwed over by the recording company. They're like, no, you can write a little bit, but you can sing. We're going to sing what we want you to sing. Mm. Just wasn't what she thought. And so at the same time, the six is recording their second album. They Billy has written this song called Honeycomb. Mm -hmm. And that was written for Camilla. Yes. And so he writes a song for her and they, Teddy is like, no, this needs a female vocalist Mm -hmm. on this record, like on this song. Definitely needs a female vocalist. And so they put the two together. Yes. Because Daisy actually happens to be at the same record label at this time. She's got a horrible manager named Hank. You know, all these things going on where she ends up also just using the same manager as the six. And so um, they're singing the song and Honeycomb was written for Camilla. And it's a promise to her that he is, number one, going to stay sober forever, but also promising her the life that she always wanted. And so when they bring Daisy on to this, Daisy, and you see that right away that Daisy and Billy, they kind of butt heads because Mm -hmm. Daisy is set in stone with wanting to bring her own lyrics in there. So she changes the song. And he doesn't like that. He doesn't like it also because the way she changes the song Mm. is kind of pointed. Yes. Like Daisy kind of learns a little bit of his story and Camilla's and Billy's writing it, like you said, this like lovely promise to Camilla. And then the way Daisy changes it is mm-hmm. kind of like she sees Billy for what he's really struggling with. Mm-hmm. There's like this idea of staying sober, staying faithful. Yeah. And the way she changes the lyrics hint at that. And he yeah. hates it. She, like, makes the end. Because he's, like, saying, like, I will, like, we will live this life together. We will, like, something like that. And then she changes it to, will we? Mm-hmm. Will we ever get there? Will we ever? And he's just livid. Honestly, he, I would be, too. I'd be yeah. like, I wrote a beautiful love song. How dare you question yeah. me? <laughs> because he looked at these love songs. Because this is another theme. He writes a lot of love songs for Camilla. Because it's what helps him stay sober. It Every time he sings it, it reminds him the promises that he made to his family. And he's trying so desperately to go past addiction, stay sober, and choose his family every single time. So for her to kind of throw that back into his face was her basically saying, like, well, you're not going to make it. Mm -hmm. And so this is, like, what's really interesting is when these two just forces of nature collide in Mm -hmm. Billy and Daisy – you kind of get the sense that they're so similar. That's Mm. why they butt heads. And so they also start to sense that in the band as to Karen says, people have said that Billy didn't want Daisy to join the band because he didn't want to share the spotlight. But I don't think that's what that was the case. Billy wasn't really an insecure guy that way. That was sort of the problem with him really was that he wasn't intimidated by anyone else's talent. I think she just unsettled him. However you want to interpret that. Mm -hmm. So like having Daisy around is almost like this threat to Billy. Because she's gorgeous and she is a singer and she's talented and they have this chemistry when they're on stage together. up all the time. Mm -hmm. Everything he was addicted to is Daisy Jones. Yep. So Daisy is really struggling with uh, pills is her biggest, I would say, vice. And she also drinks as well. But she doesn't really think that she has an issue with it. And everyone in the band would kind of say... Yeah, I mean, she obviously was taking too many drugs, but mm-hmm. she handled it well. Like, she could kind of play it off. Yeah. She and hit it well. Yeah, she Until hit it she well. didn't. Until she didn't. Yeah. And that's like, so you kind of just see this theme of, like, they start to get to know each other well. They're writing songs together. They come out with this new album. They're going on the tour. Meanwhile, Camilla gets pregnant again, this time with twins. Twins. Billy's doing a great job of staying sober. People are going out at night, but after tour, he made it his routine to go to go to bed, call Camilla, let her know where he's at, and he's stuck to that. Meanwhile, Daisy's kind of making it hard because Daisy does not give a crap that this man, number one, is trying to stay sober, does not give a crap that he's married because she recognizes that she is falling in love with Billy. And Billy is recognizing throughout this interview that he is kind of, he was falling in love with her as well. And that's why he, one night, he wakes up in the middle of the night, calls Teddy, and he's like, she needs to be out of the band. Because yeah. that's how desperately he was trying to save its like family. Yeah. I mean, there's this quote where they're at um, their producer's house and they're out and they're practicing. They're playing these songs. And Billy says, 
Daisy put her hand on mine to stop me from playing. I looked at her and, and she said, I like writing with you. And I said, I like writing with you too. And then I said something I shouldn't have said. Daisy says, he said, I like a lot about you. Yeah. Ooh, which is just the way that they she writes about them yeah. starting to fall for each other. It's like, it's so, it's so bad knowing he's married. And I think you're right of like them just both kind of being drawn to one another. Yeah. And it's so crazy. And the biggest part is, is that after that, Daisy actually tries to lean in t- for a kiss and he finds himself also leaning in, also closing his eyes to the point where she says, I literally felt my lip like graze his lip. But what I loved about this was that he pulled away and he said, I can't mm-hmm. because you have to give number one in today's day and age. And like, if those are your struggles, just don't be around them. Like, don't be singing, 100%. don't be, you know, but back then, like this was his job and Camilla even knew they never talked about it, but she knew how beautiful Daisy was. She knew the character that she had and how everybody just couldn't take their eyes off of her. She also saw their performance. Yes. And so oh my that, gosh, yes. was that before, after that Billy wanted her kicked out of the band? So that was actually after. That was after he wanted her kicked yes. out. Okay. Yeah. Cause you're right. He tried to get her kicked out when he realized, oh my gosh. Yeah. She's a threat to basically everything. My sobriety, my marriage. Everything. Get her out. Yeah. Which and also so, the problem was not with her. It was with him. I mean, both of them. But I mean, it's like I would say both because she's but like. But it's not fair to say to someone like. I'm struggling with my feelings for you. So screw you and your career. I'm kicking you out. Well, like, yeah, no, that that's, mm. that's a little bit. But the but fact yes, that he like went to her in confidence and shared the things that she he struggled with and she still knowing that kept doing those things right. to me. I'm like, well, you don't care about that. You don't care about his family. You don't care about the kids. You don't care about the fact that he is actively trying to get better. I believe that's why he shared it with her, mm. hoping that she would back off because mm, he was trying to like say that, like, I'm not strong enough to. So I'm going to need help and I'm going to need you to back off. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that she was willing to do. Yeah. So they, we, they, they're they getting bigger. People love seeing these two be electric together on stage. They love how you couldn't tell if they hated each other. You couldn't tell if they loved each other. It was just such a great thing to watch. And one night on SNL, Camilla actually happened to be there as well. I think she's just watching. She's watching. Yes. on oh, She's okay. watching uh, back home on TV. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And she's watching. And sh- these two are singing a song together and they're falling in love. It's so, pay- I mean, here's the thing. If you are single, mm. that is your dream come true. Yeah, come are on. you kidding me? Mm-hmm. SNL, this big break for you and your band. And the t- it's just the two of them. Yeah. Just the two of them out there singing their hearts out to one another. The rest of the world, even just the band, the band knowing what they know and watching them, like, what is happening? Yeah. Camilla back home with their kids. What yeah. is happening? Like, it's just so painful. And so basically this whole, the whole latter half of this book, there's so much just like build up and tension of these two individuals really, I think, fighting for their own sanity, their own sobriety, their own purpose, like, yeah. w- and trying to figure out how to do that when they're in such close proximity together. Mm-hmm. And so Ultimately, it builds up to a boiling point and the band has to break up. And so why do they have to break up? Well, so the night before that they break up, they are on stage. They're singing this song together. And she is Daisy's just having such a hard time that every time she sings this, she is basically confessing her love for him throughout the song. And the next day she's got to work to like, you know, keep bandage up those wounds but every single night it just keeps reopening them and billy's having a hard time because like he loves her he does but he doesn't want to say that and one thing that it's like the breaking point is that daisy he in the middle of the song looks past her and sees camilla and daisy also sees camilla and it breaks daisy's heart because he she recognizes that like he's never gonna pick her right which a freaking man you better never pick as her. you freaking should I, you're married i ugh. But then later on, because I'll let Sadie say all this juicy stuff, there's a break in this book because Daisy's about to share something. She's going to her hotel afterwards. She's on the breaking point. She's outside her door. It's locked, right? And then she's like, how am I going to get in here? And actually, out comes Camilla and their firstborn, Julia. And then what does the author do? So the author basically breaks the fourth wall. So this whole time you've been reading an interview style, interview format. And essentially, the author asks Daisy 
is it okay if we keep referring to each other in this way? Or do you want to call me Julia? Mm -hmm. Which that means this whole time, the story's perspective was that the author is Camilla's daughter. Yes. That Daisy is talking and interviewing with Billy's daughter this whole book. Yes. So this entire they all are. time, they're all talking to Billy and Camilla's daughter. Yeah. So this whole book, you find out this love story, this this the this almost affair, this like build up, this tension, everything happening with Daisy and Billy. You find out that Daisy and all these bandmates are talking to Billy and Camilla's daughter. Yeah. And it's so crazy because even Billy, she's interviewing every single person part of this band. This is a big book that's coming out that nobody ever knew the answers to these questions. And so it just changed your perspective of like the fact that Billy this whole time is confessing to his daughter. I was in love with Daisy. I cheated on your mother many times, but then I got sober. I tried to live my life right by you girls. Like I loved you guys. Like, which he did get better. Like, we don't want to say that Billy didn't get better. He did, but he was working hard for it. But then it goes back the night before that they break up. Um, it pauses and she says that because she goes, wait, how come I never remember this? And she's like, well, you were five at the time. And what ends up happening is that Camilla opens the door for Daisy, sets Julia in the bed. Julia falls asleep. And what does Camilla say to Daisy? Camilla says, Daisy, you need to leave this band. Yes. She literally says, you need to leave the band. And so what's happening is that Camilla has just this extremely blunt conversation with essentially the other woman, even though there hasn't been any outright infidelity. Mm -hmm. I would say there's definitely emotional, emotional, emotional cheating sure. because the way that they kind of acknowledge these emotions from one another, but then don't act on them. But in he's not very upfront with Camilla, even though Camilla knows everything going on, Billy and her haven't really had this outright conversation of, well, what about you and Daisy? Like, yeah. what are you guys doing about this when you're on the road? All that stuff. So essentially Camilla says that you need, she says, don't count yourself out this early, Daisy. You, you're all sorts of things that you don't even know yet. And so a huge aspect for Daisy, what she took out of this conversation with Camilla was that Camilla Dune thought she was worth saving. Yeah. And so again, why Camilla is queen. We yeah. love her. But also frustrating because I'm like, but it, it's, it's like that yeah. long suffering love, I guess. Yeah. Camilla literally said to her, she's like, I can't stand to watch either of your guys' hearts breaking. She's like, because even though she literally said, Billy's in love with you. I know he's in love with you. Yep. I see that he's in love with you. Um, She's like, but he's also in love with me. And yep. at the end of the day, he is always going to choose me. He will never leave me. She's like, and I want you to know I'm never going to leave him. And so if the only person that's going to be able to back down is you. And she's like, and you deserve your own love. You deserve your own family. She's like, you're not going to get it here. So mm -hmm. go out and find it somewhere else. She's like, because you're worth having it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, but you're not going to get it here. So do us all a favor. And she's like, and freaking stop. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so she, she leaves it and says, no offense, but I hope I never see you again. Yeah. And then shuts the door and off Daisy goes and the band breaks. Breaks up. And there's other aspects of why this band breaks, obviously, because there's so much of this book. Mm -hmm. But the main reason is because of that conversation that Camilla had with Daisy. And Daisy's on a plane. She's out of there. Yeah. And so it's... It's an incredible book. And so essentially what you, the band breaks up and they kind of go off and do their separate things mm -hmm. the rest of their life. And so the author kind of has little um, excerpts from the different members of the band where they all later in mm -hmm. life. But it ends with this letter. Because we also find out that Camilla passed away. Yeah, Camilla passed away. At she, 60? Mm, yeah, in her 60s from cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's, lupus. Oh, really? Yes, she had the lupus lupus disease. Oh, I thought it was cancer. You're probably right. Yeah, so she passes away at 60, and it's obviously super impactful to everyone in the band, to Billy, to Camille, to everybody. It's to, to Daisy, to all of them. It's so impactful, and so um, that's why she's wanting to kind of write this book and commemorate all these things. And there's a letter... That Camilla leaves. Should I just read it? Yeah. Okay, it says, hi, girls. So she's writing to her daughters. So this is Camilla, Billy's wife, writing to her girls. She says, hi, girls. I need your help. 
After I'm gone, give your dad some time and then please tell him to call Daisy Jones. Her number is in my date book in the second drawer of my nightstand. Tell your father I said at the very least the two of them owe me a song. Love, mom. Oh, my heart broke when I like... See, but it's also... That like this- is how the book ends such a well then they also put all the songs in yeah there, they do I I, like kind of like in the afterward they yeah. put yeah all all the songs but that's like the last yeah. part of the story so bittersweet i think because like it makes you miss camilla but also shows like it, i think it just shows such a deep love that she had for billy mm-hmm. where she was like because billy was there the day she died billy did great he did what he set out to do they built their dream home wasn't a honeycomb vibe but they got what they needed and he was by her side for the rest of her life faithful and sober but she also knew that he was in love with daisy jones yep and he she didn't want him to be alone mm-hmm it's such a great book. So that's the end of the book. I'm curious. Did you do you think Billy called Daisy? Oh gosh, I don't know. I feel like even though he had Camilla's permission to do so, I don't think he would have because I think he found so much pride in knowing that he did so well for Camilla and he genuinely loved her more than anything in this world. He said it was the type of love that you anchored like to. I think he probably would have found it disrespectful Mm. if he ever got with her because I think he just wanted to keep the girls and that just what it was. I think if she, so Camilla died in her sixties, right? So you have like a good, hopefully 20, 30 years Mm -hmm. ahead. I think in my world, I would love a follow-up book Mm. and I would love a follow-up book of where this is like, Five years later. Wow. Seven years later. Yes. Because I think right away, of, yeah, of course, I don't think you could ever imagine that. Like anytime I literally even think of Joel like passing away yeah. or any, oh immediately gosh. I'm like, never in my life. Like same. it just, it's like literally makes me sob yes. for no reason. Like obviously, for no, reasons, I do the same it's like thing. literally I'll be bawling. I'm like, I just did that to myself. Like, yeah. what is wrong with me? <laughs> like literally having a perfectly lovely day yeah. and just like imagining the worst. But it's like you can't even fathom what your life would be like. However, I think five, six, seven years later, I think in this scenario, when he has grown daughters who probably have their own kids, they want to see their dad happy. They want to see their dad with a companion. I I want a book where Mm. they rekindle something or even if she was single, I think that I think he would have to find out. And who knows if she would be or not, but Mm. I think it would be really interesting. I think it'd be such a good book to read. That would be good. Yeah. So that is Daisy Jones and the Six. And Soul, you were the best for recommending it. I love how she recommended it. She said, it's giving scandal. It's giving scandal. It's giving scandal. And it did. It did give big scandal. Very big. And also, this is a TV show. Oh, how did we not talk about that? Literally, this came out um, this year on Amazon Prime as a show. It's Amazon Prime or is it Hulu? I think it's Amazon Prime. Daisy. Amazon Prime. Who has Amazon Prime? Y'all, leave down below if you actually have Amazon Prime. Here's the thing. I have Amazon Prime. (laughs) You do? I do. I forgot. What? We are watching it. Season one? Yes. We're watching it. Amen. (gasps) We are absolutely watching it. What are you doing after this? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Guys, that's what we're doing. Just so you know. Um, No. So this came out as, well, actually, this is very timely. And I don't know if this is why, soul, we love you. I don't know if this is why you recommended it or not, though. Mm -hmm. But it's very timely because it did come out as a show. And then um, randomly, what is it? Is it anthropology? It's not anthropology. What's the other brand that starts with an A? For what? Not American Eagle. It's like a big brand. Oh, Free Air People. Apostle? Free People. Free People oh. did like a collab with uh, Amazon Prime to promote this. And so they made a whole line of clothes that's like very much Daisy Jones oh, inspired wow. and stuff. I love that. Yeah. Also, for some reason, Taylor Jenkins. Okay, first of all, she's such a great writer to the point where I thought this was about real people. You know what? Um, the way it's all set up, everybody, the first question when you Google is Daisy Jones, you you read yeah. it, is she real? And so it's based on, I've read two different things, but um, the biggest one is that it's based loosely off of Stevie Nicks. Her really? life. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I've read that one. And then I, I thought I read Green Day, but that could be so wrong. But that is one of the most popular um, Googled questions. Is Daisy Jones real? Because the way she writes, it is. I looked that up too. It's incredible. <laughs> well, you have to. I mean, yeah. you read it and it feels so I was like, is realistic. Is Daisy Jones and the Six a real band? And mm-hmm. I wish that they were because then I would go and listen. This is the beautiful thing about this book before we wrap up, guys. 
at the very end, Taylor, she literally put in every single song that they had written. And I loved that because then you read those. They weren't real songs. She put in the work to write these songs. And to me, it it made me feel connected to these people and what they were, why it was such a hard thing to read, like sing together. Like once you knew those words, it was phenomenal. Five out of five. What would you rate it? Ooh, I think, I really think I would give it a five out of five because Mm. I think one is it, it's so well paced, like you don't want to put it down. It's really interesting and, and well written. The plot is really good. I like the setting a yep. ton. I love like the 60s, 70s, 80s, the Rockstar yes. era in LA. I mean, it's so glamorized, obviously, but and then I but my biggest takeaway that I enjoyed was how she developed the characters super well. Yeah. You get to know them all, you get to understand their personality, and then there's character arcs for each of the main characters. Um, protagonist and I feel like that's really hard to do with a couple main characters Mm. but then also I think that's what makes for a good book is that you read people that aren't perfect that are flawed and that do things that you look down on but then some people do them like they're very real humans Um, but I loved how each of them had their own story with sobriety their own story with their character and so I, I think it was really, really well written. I do think it's like one of her her best. And so this good. was a reread for me. I actually read it f- the first time in 2019. No but way. I completely, I forgot. I remember being obsessive over this book. But then I didn't remember a ton about it. And so it was so fun getting to reread Aww. it with fresh eyes. And I was worried, though, that I wasn't going to love it the same. Mm. I did. Love it. What would you rate it? You said five. I said five out okay. of five. For sure. Just all together a great book. I wish I could watch them. I don't want to be their friends. But I would want to see them in action I for just sure. can't believe we're going to get to watch. What? Oh, I'm worried it's going to ruin it. What if it's? What if the show is not as good? I mean, let's be honest. The show and the movies are never as good. I know. I wonder who the actors are. I think also the shows and the movies are never as good as the book because, like, you use your own imagination and then, like, you see. Wait, who's the actors? I'm just looking up right now. I'm sorry. I'm looking up the actors and actresses, and they look great for what they this do. Is. I did they see look it. Like it, it kind of looks like in my. <gasps> wait, is that the guy from Hunger Games? Yes. Finnick. What? Finnick from Hunger Games is so in Finnick it. So Finnick is Billy. Yes. Okay, who's that? And actress? who's the redhead? Who's the actress? I mean, she looks good. Riley Keo? I'm I'm scared this Suki Waterhouse is in this? <gasps> Guys, okay. Run. All right, so we need to stop recording so True. we can go watch this. <laughs> I got the login, Sadie. Oh, okay. Well, we hope you guys love this book. Thank you so again for recommending it. And yes. Uh, if you are a listener, if you are a loyal listener, we love you. Give us a recommendation. Come Send on. us a question. You yes. might be featured on the next episode. And we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.